what does the word intentional mean for you? <laughs> I love that you always ask that, Ryan. Well, it, it to me, the thing that always rings true is thoughtful and purposeful and clarity. Welcome to Intentional Growth, a show that teaches you as a business owner and entrepreneur to view and run your company like a financial asset, which will allow you to enjoy work, create wealth, and make an impact. This mindset will help you focus on building a more valuable business and give you the choices to grow, acquire, reinvest, or exit and live the life you plan for, all with intention. And now here's your host, Ryan Tansom. All right, so today we are going to be diving into the 10 disciplines on how to manage and maximize your energy. And if you're a visionary entrepreneur like myself, you know, I I, I think about the vision that I have for our business and I just have this huge chunk of anxiety that I'm just not there yet. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners that I meet every day are very similar. And what happens is, you know, once you know who you are and what you want from your business and why, which is what we've been uh, leading up to in this mini series, then the goal is how do you continue to manage and maximize your energy so you don't burn out? So many times people call me and they say, Ryan, I just want out. Most of the time they want out of their job. They don't want out of their financial asset. And we're going to be touching upon that in the next series when we're talking about managing your business as an asset. But what happens is people get so burnt out that they want out. They get so burnt out of their job, all the challenges that are coming at them, especially the last handful of years. We don't, we're not short of challenges, but I think that if people are clear in their vision and then they have a system to manage and maximize their energy, they're going to succeed and you're going to enjoy the journey. You know, Pat and uh, Matt and I talked about in episode 300, the three things every entrepreneur wants for the, what we believe is to create wealth, enjoy work and have an impact. And by staying in the intersection of those three, you can really enjoy what you're doing and, and track that progress. Then the key is how do you manage and maximize your energy along the way so you don't burn out and you don't fall short of that vision that you have. I think that Rob and what the uh, Rob Dubay, who's going to be on the show, he's a dear friend. He's a client of ours. He's also a uh, partnering up with Gina Wickman on these 10 disciplines. And if you look in the back of the book, uh, The EOS Life, they have these 10 disciplines that they started and Rob, uh, that they started talking about. And Rob and Gina partnered up and they have this video course and these 10 unbelievably practical disciplines on how to manage and maximize your energy. There's a lot of things that I have realized that I've been doing right over the years that have allowed me to continue managing my energy. And there's a lot of things that I learned going through it that I'm going to continue to focus on so that way I don't burn out. And I think it's really great to have this episode slotted in in this mini series because there's a lot of practical tips and tricks and not tips and tricks, but actual practical systems to help you manage your yourself along the journey. Rob jumps right into his bio, so I'll let him take it from here. So without further ado, here's my dear friend and guest for the interview today, Rob Dubay. This episode is brought to you by Arcona's Fractional CFO Services. Arcona's Fractional CFOs integrate into your management team and assume the responsibility of the CFO. They become your strategic financial partner to help you run the business, create your value growth plan, and build the financial roadmap to the valuation you want to achieve. Rob, how are you? Ryan, it's always the best to see you. 
any excuse to spend time with you is is a good one as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm the lucky one. Every time I get done on a call with you, I feel better, more energized, which is what we're going to be talking about <laughs> That's today. That's true. So, you know, I'm just going to tee it up a little bit. Like you and I came from the same industry and I'll let, every, I'll let you give your background. But like, I remember just coming across to you and the amount of like dots that you were connected to of all these like people and processes and thought leaders that I liked. I'm like, I like that. Oh, Rob's connected. Oh, I like that. Rob's connected like Bo Burlingham or I mean, gosh, it was EOS, small giants. I mean, all these different things. And really the whole, you know, with that this entire series is about with, with finish big with, as Bo had talked about it, we, you know, it was just so natural with what you're doing now to slot you right in. So I wanted Thank to you. just give for the, for the listeners, kind of give them a little bit of a background of the business that you have and what you're doing now. And then we're going to jump into the 10 disciplines. Okay, fantastic. So uh, my business partner, Joel Perlman, and I started our business out of college, but the entrepreneurial bug really bit us in ninth grade. We started selling blow pop lollipops out of our locker. And, uh, you know, from there, we were just doing all kinds of businesses. So it made sense that we do something out of college. We started by selling toner cartridges for these new things called laser printers and slowly moved into an industry that you're very familiar with. And maybe some of your listeners know this about your background, but if they don't, they're about to find out. And that is that uh, it, we got into it. We became a copier dealer um, and sell multifunction printers, copiers and managed print services is what we refer to Shout it as. To the toner in everybody's blood, right? <laughs> That's right. Hey, it's been a good business for us. Um, and, you know, it's got a residual component to it, which is why many entrepreneurs are drawn to it. Uh, it has its good sides and it's not so good sides and, and, you know, good companies and not as good companies out there. So um, in like any industry, you kind of have to, to watch out. But we put a lot of effort and emphasis on our culture. Um, and I'm, you know, been very fortunate to be able to, as you say, the, with the connecting of the dots to meet and be mentored by and become friends with so many really wonderful people, uh, beginning early on with Ari Weinsweg, who is one of the co-founders of a deli in Ann Arbor called Zingerman's. And, um, but it's much more than a deli. It's a community of businesses. And, you know, he has taught us so much just about running a business and having a, an an amazing culture and having a clear vision for the future. Um, along the way, we met Gino Wickman, who created EOS Worldwide, the entrepreneurial operating system. So after eight or nine years of running our business by the seat of our pants, we got some structure to it and got some control of what the heck we were doing. And Gino was really um, instrumental in teaching us that. And uh, we embraced running the business that way. Um, we actually sold our business in uh, 04 and bought it back in 06. Uh, so um, during that time, we had an opportunity to kind of think about what we might want to do next. Uh, buying it back wasn't part of that, but when it became part of it, we thought a lot more about our culture and happened to read an amazing book called Small Giants by Bo Burlingham. You mentioned him. And uh, I had the good fortune of meeting Bo at Zingerman's at, at a certain point, And we became friends and started to travel around the country and uh, 
two or three times a year with a group of about 10 other entrepreneurs and meeting small giant type companies, many of which are in your hometown, Minneapolis. We spent a little bit of time there, um, which was amazing. Bo introduced me to somebody by the name of Jack Stack, who uh, created Open Book Finance, Great Game of Business is a book that he's very well known for, co-authored with Bo Burlingham. And Jack really taught us how to uh, implement open book finance and financial literacy in our company. And uh, so that was a very impactful uh, moment for us. So all these people, you know, really helped us along the way. And we've just been so fortunate to be able to to spend time with them and, and be able to learn from their great wisdom. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's truly super unique, and and I, and I totally forgot until just this moment that you the you were on the podcast like four years ago or something about the about the original sale of the business. Yes, I forgot about that, and and I but I've just been so impressed, Rob. I mean, you you are so intentional. I mean, you have embraced that way before we had come up with the intentional growth phrase or even the business, and and it, you've been continuously pushing yourself into the areas that you enjoy and like. Right. And I, and I think about, you know, like when you talk about Bo's uh, phrase of who are you, what do you want from the business and why? I mean, was, was that always instilled in you or like where did you get to this point where you're like, hey, this is what I want? Like, was that like was that ingrained in you of being that clear? No, I I what what happened actually was I I didn't really understand what that that was a thing. I didn't understand that in business and my business is in Detroit. That's where it's headquartered. And it's very blue collar town. And the people that I would get connected with were, were uh, entrepreneurs or leaders in blue collar businesses. You know, a lot of the team members, the employees in their businesses were blue collar and they were always at war with their employees. And I thought, do I always have to be at war with my employees to be successful? And I used to think that way. And I, I remember at one point thinking, I don't think I'm made for this. I'm not made to be an entrepreneur because I just don't have what it takes. So reading Bo's book was huge because it opened up a whole new world for me that there's these companies out there that actually could be true to themselves. And and so that's really, you know, what really started it from a purposeful standpoint. And it was great timing, obviously, because we bought the business back. I wanted to mention one other thing, but your your listeners are going to think it's a commercial, but it's not. I promise you, and Ryan has no idea that I'm about to say this, but COVID was a blessing in so many ways, although it absolutely crushed our business for a period of time. And we're still dealing with uh, many of the issues uh, from the pandemic. But one of the positive things that came out is I reconnected with you, Ryan, and your business partner, Pat Hobby. And your process was another one of those things, say I'm being interviewed in 10 years, that I will look back on and say that was a, a very um, impactful moment in my business and in my life, because you really started to help us see the business in a different way and think more deeply about where we were going with things long term. And because of the work that we've done with you and now Pat as a fra fractional CFO for us, um, you know, my business partner and I actually have had put into place a succession plan and we have a CEO in place now. So the two of us realized we'd hit our ceiling. And for us to grow this asset 
you know, this asset that we have, hello, this business is an asset. It's a big part of our net worth. Uh, for us to really grow the asset, we needed to have a better person to take it <laughs> to where we see it going, right? which in our case is our 2026 vision. And so this has been huge for us. It accelerated something that I think was deep down in us, but we just didn't know what to do or how to go about it. So I thank you, Ryan and, and Pat, for helping us uh, see the light there. I, I Again, thank you. That was unbelievably <laughs> kind of you. And for the listeners, I didn't know that was coming. Otherwise, I wouldn't have let them down. So, I mean, it, it's it, it's unbelievably humbling, which is on one of your principles, uh, one of the, the, the just, core values. I, I just didn't, you know, to be in the same realm of Bo and Jack Stack and all that, of things that are truly being uh, that are meaningful, that can help people make progress. I mean, that's all we all, all want. And you're doing something very unique now that I think can take everything that we, you just discussed your whole journey. Because, I mean, I'm watching you. You're kind of ahead of the pack as far as like, hey, this new process, this new system, this is for the people that want to be intentional and do the right things. You're now on to something else that I want to talk about what you and Gina are doing and the, and the 10 disciplines. But you also have a podcast. You wrote a book, and I want to reference that too because you're very mindful, and you're, you've been a very you've been very um, honed in on that for a while. So maybe you can speak to that. What was your passion on the the do nothing, the mindfulness, and kind of walk people through a little bit of what you've been doing over the years with that? Sure. So um, a little bit back into my history, I had a lot of stress and anxiety growing up starting around the age of eight. Um, so I kind of had this like wiring. And as I went through my uh, early adult years and then got into, you know, real life in my 20s and 30s, and I'm running a business with my best friend, I'm married, I got a, I have young kids, and something just didn't feel quite right. I always kind of had that that stress and anxiety kind of looming over me over every single thing that was going on in my life. And uh, through lots of therapy, which was extremely useful, um, I started to learn about mindfulness and meditation. And I took on a practice uh, back in 05. And it really stuck for me. Um, it was it, what I learned from it is how to practice being in the present moment and not worry so much uh, or be so concerned about what's happened in the past or worry so much about about what's going to happen in the future, knowing that I can't change the past and I certainly can't control the future, even though I used to like to think I could, and I still sometimes do like to think I can. But um, uh, but the practice has just been very um, useful for me, and it's just been one of those life tools. And, and I started going on these retreats that would be about seven to 10 days, and during this time, I would be in silence. And so inevitably, when I would come back and people that I was, uh, that knew I had done it, um, they would be very curious about that because for many people, <laughs> being silent for any period of time seems daunting, never mind seven to 10 days. And I agree, by the way. Um, and so, uh, but enough people in the leadership community, uh, many of which are involved in some of those uh, um, people, uh, some of the uh, things we've talked about earlier, like Small Giants, a great game of business and EOS, um, you know, were you know, just really curious about 
how that all works. And a friend of mine said, it's, you know, one of those classic stories, you ought to write a book about it. <laughs> and then, um, you know, he said, hey, you know what you could call it? Do nothing, because I'm sure you're just sitting around doing nothing on those retreats. And so it kind of stuck and I took on the challenge. And, and yeah, so I wrote a book about leadership and mindfulness. And it, it really just describes a little bit about my journey and how it became useful for me. It talks about the science around mindfulness and meditation and how it can be useful as a leadership tool, but also obviously in our lives. And, and so for some, they may find that that really connects and for others, maybe not. But it really just depends on, on your level of curiosity and your openness to uh, seeing if it would be something useful for you. I, I think it's so super fascinating, Rob, because when you were on the show four years ago, whatever it was, I was not meditating. I still had my in, uh, my, my morning workout routine and some of the other disciplines that you guys are, that we're going to dive into. I had some of those already baked in, wasn't meditating. And like so many times I'd hear like, hey, this is how you should do this. And I'm like, ah, I've been doing it for a year and a half now. And it's game changing. This is going to tee us up into the 10 uh, disciplines because I find it so fascinating. And I want to see if you can relate to this. I, I mean, I have the same thing with anxiety of like, my anxiety manifests in like, I have this vision, I'm a visionary, typical visionary, <laughs> and I'm not there yet. Right? So like, <laughs> I don't want to be there yesterday. That's and right. so then it's like, what happens is I think, you know, without having a, that clear path, you kind of just try to do it all at once. Or then there's like a lot of like, you're trying to, it's the flashy object syndrome, not trying to figure out, trying to figure out what you focus on. And there's, you're not sure. And you're not, confident on what to execute on today and then you can get burnt out you get stressed out it kind of ripples into your, your home life or your business life your executives and so when i i went through your guys's online training that i'm i'm very excited that you guys can be releasing to the world and it's like this would have been really nice to know a long time ago instead of trying <laughs> to figure it all out on my own it's like oh and, and what, I'm going to kind of tee it up and you can kind of walk through what you and Gina are doing and why. Okay. And then we can unpack a couple of the different disciplines if we want to. But what I see is like when you have a clear vision of all the kind of the multidimensional things that you want. And then you have this like structure, which you guys have laid out. Like the anxiety dissipates, man. Like it, it's like you just wake up and you just execute and you kind of know the boundaries instead of having like pure potential everywhere, which is unbelievably stressful. Mm. And you guys have like eliminated that by saying, Hey, if you under, if you clear this up, then you just have to wake up and do these things. And yeah, honestly, just like the stress just goes down. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that is, if that tease it up, but I'm kind of sure. Maybe, why don't you explain the 10 disciplines, what you and Gene are doing and why? Yeah. Well, a little bit of the backstory on that. Uh, Gino and I developed a friendship like so many of the other people I mentioned. We happened to live nearby each other. So we'd get together two or three times a year, like a coffee shop for like an afternoon. And we would just talk about life. And one of the things that I was gleaning off of Gino was the way he was living his life. It, it was just natural to him in many ways. And I'm a curious person. So I just ask lots of questions and, you know, I'd say, well, wow, you're doing that. And, and, you know, wow, that's so interesting. And after we'd meet, I'd be reflecting and I'd think, boy, that's really good what he's doing. And, you know, why aren't I doing that? And so I'd call him up and I'd say, Gino, 
you know, how do you do that? And he'd give me some oversimplified answer because it, in many ways it just became so natural for him. He didn't even really know how to describe what he was doing or how to teach it. And I would push him and I would push him and, you know, he, he'd give me some insight the best of his ability. And I realized that, you know, he was really living an optimal life for him. And I could do the same. And it was just a light bulb for me. So I was able to take on some of those things and incorporate them in my life and live a more optimal life for me. Others, not so great. And um, fast forward to... What does optimal life? Because I, I wrote that note when we were chatting by, uh, in front. So I don't know if you want to do it now or if you want to... Sure. Yeah. I mean, what is the, optimal life and energy? Yeah. Optimal life is when you can reach your full potential. Because we all have so much potential, but we're oftentimes blocked. And it's where we could be the best expression of ourselves, the the our fullest capacity, our fullest uh, potential, everything your soul wants you to be, everything your soul wants you to be. And so that's optimal. and And that's different for each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. And as we talk a little bit about the 10 disciplines, the listeners and you will understand that when you go through them, it's customizable to you as you start to understand better what what your optimal life is for you. Okay, so let me stop there and I'll come back to energy in a yeah. second. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Go, back to, go back to the story. Yeah. So, yeah, really. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Gino, uh, back to the story with Gino, he uh, wrote a book called The EOS Life. And in the back of that book, which is now a um, also a download on our website, but in the back of that book, he included what he called a mini book. And it was, it's called the 10 Disciplines for Managing and Maximizing Your Energy. And I was a test reader on the book. And so I read these 10 and I sat back and I laughed and I said, oh my gosh, these are these things I've been asking him about after all these years. And I called him and I said, hey, you did a great job. You know, these are the things I've been bugging you about. And I realized I'm not doing that one so great. And I'm really doing well on this one. And on the other one, I never even thought about it, never even asked you about it. And I said, these are, these are really impactful. And, and I want to encourage you to do something with them. And if you're not if you don't have that in the plans, you know, let me know. I'd like to maybe do something with you. And he said, I do have it in the plans. And one thing led to another, and the two of us began collaborating and ultimately created a partnership where uh, we wanted to bring these to the world to really help a million people um, by 2030. And so what we did is we created, for, as a foundation, a video-based journey and a community to support the work. Um, and so we encourage people to go in and take themselves through the video-based journey, which is essentially an online course, mm-hmm. uh, videos where Gino does a teaching and I do a little Q&A with him. And then there's commitments. It's kind of like homework. This is where you really get the most out of it. You sit down and you do the work. You think through each one of these 10 disciplines. Then there's additional resources, which we highly encourage, but Time is limited, so some people can't get to all of them. But these are things that will help you really hone in on each one of the disciplines and master them even more, whether it be right away or throughout time. So that that's that's what we're up to with the ten disciplines. And I, and I will reciprocate and say, I, you know, I just completed all the the videos, and you know, for me, like over the last call it fifteen plus years. 
I've stumbled into habits that work, honestly, out of pure fear that I'm a crazy person, right? I'm like, well, <laughs> that doesn't work. I'm going to like put some guardrails in over here, guardrails in over here. Kind of like what you were saying, Rob, of like, I want to just wake up and kind of just execute instead of wondering, am I on the right track every day? Yeah. The the videos, I'm like, huh. Like, it's almost like a, it was like a reflection of like, oh, I'm doing that and that's working well, or that's not working very well. So I think it, what is so fascinating is it accelerates the framework, right? Of like, hey, here's how to think about these ways of managing your life to optimize your energy. Because like the last thing anybody wants to do is just wake up burnt out. I mean, that's, I think, one of the things that I always say, Rob, is so many people call me up and they're like, I want out or I'm so sick of this. And I will, I hope, I think you and I both hold that that never happens to people. Right. That they can make a choice for the reasons that they want to in their optimal life to have a succession plan and hire a CEO or sell the business, whatever the heck it is. That's right. It's on purpose, right? Yeah. And so I think I'm just very, very encouraged by what you guys have put together. So I don't know. Do you want to take the 10 disciplines and unpack them? Or I'm, I'm kind of curious, like maybe before that, or if you want to li- uh, list them out, but which ones were impactful for you? And then, and then we can maybe dive further into a couple of them. Yeah. Well, let me start with energy because a lot of people are confused about like, what is it? What is managing and maximizing your energy? Like, uh, do I wake up and I'm just energetic? That really isn't what it is. Energy is your power source. It's where you're doing the things that bring value to this world in a fluid way. You and I were talking before about a word that we've sort of invented. You're floating, you're you're in flow, and it feels like you're floating. And and it's where you can flow freely and it's it can be so strong, but the thing is it can also get blocked. And, and we don't want it to be blocked. And you know when it's blocked. Intuitively, you know. And you also know when it's flowing freely. And that's what we want to help you start paying attention to. And so through the 10 disciplines, um, each one of them kind of gives you a little bit of opening so it can flow. And they're all, as I know, having you that you've been through some of them or maybe all of them. I'm not sure where you're at with it, but um, you have. Okay, fantastic. So having been through all of them, you start to notice that there is an interconnection to them. And that's the beauty of it. And so when you can begin to not only build the foundation, but actually start to really map. Uh, master them, then you're flowing, you're flowing and you're floating and you're doing the things that bring tremendous value to this world. And they, they can be professional, but also, you know, in, in your personal life, you know, about just being fully present when it matters most. And, um, and so that, that's a little bit about energy. I think what's interesting too, is how you just got to describe this float. And, and, and I'm going to, as we go through the 10 disciplines, I can, I, there's, there's common uh, threads between the five intentional growth principles and in, in our philosophy and how mm-hmm. they weave into the 10 disciplines, Yeah, you know, but to start them out, you know, we believe that intentional growth, the, the entrepreneurs, we want to create wealth, enjoy work and make an impact. And they're all intersected. So if you're doing all those and you're focusing on creating the wealth, enjoying work and making an impact, then you're, you feel like you're making progress. Yeah. And I think that ties right into what you're talking about. That's really when you're floating. It's like, you're Hey, this is enjoyable and I can see what's going on, but don't do it to your detriment. Right. So you don't wake up one day. And that's, I think where the 10 disciplines come in and say, okay, great. I've now got clarity, but now how do I manage this? That's right. So that if you want to, to, uh, how, 
you want to list the 10 disciplines? I mean, cause I could go and, you know, pack, yeah. unpack a couple of them that I've got some entry entry in. Why don't I start and then I'll follow your lead. Okay. Perfect. But, you know, I just want to build on something that you're saying, because entrepreneurs, people in leadership positions, they put their everything into it. And all of a sudden, one day they wake up and they realize they're not really all that happy. They missed a bunch of stuff that they wish they didn't miss. And they start reflecting on their lives with a bunch of I wish this and I should have done that and so on. And, and in many cases, they're just plain lost. Mm-hmm. And to your point, we don't want that to happen. That's burnt, that's when you're burnt out mm-hmm. and you're floundering. And, and, and so this is a way to gain a little bit of control around that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're fast, they're simple, they're powerful, and they're customizable. But that doesn't mean they're easy. They're not easy necessarily to incorporate in your life. I found that out myself when Gino was trying to... Sh- you know, teach them to me kind of over those many years. And I was like, I'm having trouble with it. So uh, that's what makes me so excited to bring these people because I feel we can guide uh, the, the, the people on the journey through it. And it starts with 10-year thinking. And this is where you're really picturing what your life looks like in 10 years. For some, that's a, ver- that's a challenge, Actually, and and if that's the case, maybe you dial it back to five years or I mean three years, whatever you can kind of wrap your mind around, but ultimately moving to 10. Others love 20 year or even further out. But when you start thinking in that way, a couple of things start to happen. There's little things that you do in your life and you start to change your behaviors because you start saying, that's not how I want it to be in 10 years. So if I do this little behavior now, that does, that's not an alignment with where I want to be in 10 years. Well, I was going to say, in, in, when you were doing the Q&A with Gino, you, you brought up a great question, which is, you know, if people are, you know, thinking Gino, they're thinking EOS, they're thinking VTO, they're thinking goals. Yeah. Why is the 10-year or how is the 10-year thinking different than goal setting? Yeah, because you're, you're just trying to put yourself in, the, in 10 years from now. So I'm 52. I'm at this moment of recording and I'm going to be 62 and I'm just sort of picturing what my life is going to look like. It's like a happy family, you know, it's, it's, uh, I have some control over my time. Um, you know, maybe there's, you know, uh, grandkids or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm advising my businesses, you know, you could call those goals, I guess, to a certain extent, but it's more of just like a vision. It's a picture I have in my mind. And so if I want a happy family, for example, I want to be really focused on how I treat my family at this moment, <laughs> because if I don't treat them well right now, they're not going to be real happy with me or around me in 10 years. So that's different. Now, if you want to set a goal and you want to set three or four goals that you want to have maybe a really specific net worth or you want to have exited your business or something around, you know, your professional or maybe have a vacation home. And now I'm talking about material things, but it could even just be, you know, something much simpler that isn't material. You know, that's great. I encourage that. And that could be part of 10 year thinking, too. But we just want you to start to wrap your mind around what this, what little things you're doing today and how that fits into that picture that you see out 10 years from now. Well, and Rob, what's so fascinating to me when I think about 10-year thinking is the 
like the things over my life that I've realized fall right into this discipline is um, so Ray Dalio is a bit, I'm a big advocate for Ray and he talks yes. about enjoying the journey along the way. It's not yeah. the goal. The yeah. goal is the journey is what is all about. And so you, that's when you, when you establish that, that, that vision for your 10 years, you get to enjoy the time that's along right. the way. Yeah. And, you know, in the intention to growth training, we talk about, you know, figuring out your point B and it's not the revenue number. It's so easy to say, I want to be a $10 million business. <laughs> right. Like, well, that was thoughtful. It's like, no, okay. Like, what about your family, your legacy, your impact, the options that you want? So you're just, you're hammering home why that long-term goal, yeah. it just calibrates everything. How yes. else are you supposed to know what is important today or not if you don't have any guiding plan? So I just, I thought it's so fascinating that you guys uh, honed in on that. And the other thing that you mentioned about stress, anxiety, you know, especially if you're in business, you're an entrepreneur, you're leading a company, it can be quite stressful. There's good times, there's not as good times. And when you think out 10 years and you see that picture, you know, time kind of slows down a little. You don't have to have it now. Now, now everybody's always wanting it now. I mean, that's kind of how our society is wired, but we can slow down. And when we start to slow down, we actually could be more mindful, make better decisions. And ultimately what ends up happening usually is, is you get there faster. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's a, that's definitely a, a byproduct of 10 year thinking is really just allowing things to slow down. And know that related when Gino said that in the videos, I was like, oh, my God, I actually completely relate to that because it was like, yes, you know, you, like it's OK if it takes to the end of the year. <laughs> That's that right. Of a deal. And he, right. there was also another part. And then we can keep rolling if you want is, sure. you know, there was like, what, two bad years, four. OK, That's right. And three or like four years, whatever the math was of like good, really great and terrible years and like yep. we just got out of some couple of really hard years right and but it's okay when you realize that you're still on track that's like, right like there's a reason for it 10 year thinking during the pandemic for our business i'm so happy i had 10 year thinking wired in my brain because it was it was stressful especially at the beginning as as we mentioned you know we were we provide offices with you know, printing not equipment homes. and not homes, right? <laughs> yeah, not homes. And when folks aren't in the office, and by the way, they still aren't completely back in offices. Um, and now there's supply chain issues. And I just keep looking to our 10 year thinking and our vision and, you know, just what that's going to look like. And it, it definitely slows things down. And then I start thinking about the possibilities. Where's the opportunity here? Because most people are they got to fix it now they're kind of stressed anxious and making probably poor decisions and those people are going to open up opportunities in our industry for for organizations like ours that's awesome i i'm a big fan of ray dalio also so i, I totally get that you know the, the 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 next one we talk about is taking time off and we encourage people to take 130 days off per year and here's the kicker, don't think about work the entire day. And so this, I, I always see people like, oh my gosh, what? So just for person- over and ignore you. I, they just can't even, yeah, they, it's like, wow. The first thing is the 130 days. But if you took every weekend off, every pretty much every holiday, and you're already maybe taking around three weeks vacation, you're darn near close to 130 days. So if that 
helps at all with with the listeners, you know, take some solace there. But the not thinking about work the entire day, that's where people really get challenged. I was speaking with somebody recently and he said, uh, I was coaching him on this and he said, I think I'm pretty good at actually not thinking about work the entire day. on, On a day off, I'll take like two or three phone calls, but that's it. Nothing else the entire day. I just had to laugh <laughs> because, you know, what we really want you to do is slow down and and uh, get away from the phone calls, the emails, um, not check in with the office, you know, just be free of all of that. Let your mind be free and rejuvenate it, because what ends up happening is you come back stronger. You come back more energized. I think people just, there's this, I think we've turned the corner. I don't know what you think, Rob, but like they're the, the lie of the hustle, the side hustle and the grind, grind, grind. It's like, this is just ridiculous. Like you burn yourself <laughs> into a, a pulp and just ask anybody that's in public accounting, how awesome it is to, or investment banking to work a hundred hours a week. Right. And there was an, uh, you know what, what came to my mind when I was uh, listening to this discipline, it was. There was a book I read a long time ago, Robin. I don't know if you're familiar with Rich Roll, with you being oh, a sure. runner as well. Mm-hmm. So when I read his Finding Ultra, I mean, this dude ran five Ironmans in five <laughs> days on five islands of Hawaii. It's like, okay, you're a total like superhero alien. But what he did, what he explained, and I can't remember. I might get the analogy a little bit wrong, but he would when he, when he was training or when he actually accomplished his like one of his best scores he would like run a mile walk a mile run or like run 3 miles walk a mile mm-hmm. and like people would pass him by and then he like and eventually he was just way ahead of the pack yeah. and i was yeah. just like super fascinating no doubt no doubt you know and i think i think some are good at the not hustle you know not on 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 but not so good at just like peeking at their emails, you know, because what we do is we've, especially when we're, it's a weekend, you know, you're sitting there, you, you know, maybe there's a break in the action, so to speak. And, you know, you just, it's like habit. You go on your phone, you're looking at your emails and, and what we want to encourage you to do is work the muscle, you know, don't, don't fall into that. Let it go. See what it feels like. Um, it's probably going to be painful at first. Because our mind likes to be busy, it likes to have something to be focused on. Um, so, but getting away from business, getting away from our day to day, it it as I mentioned before, it re-energizes us, knowing that you'll go back stronger. One thing when you're on vacation, I always like to mention to people that we work with, this is what we find: the first couple of days of not uh, checking in, so to speak, is are very difficult. And uh, when they approach the third day, they start to notice something. And that is that all that stuff at the surface kind of starts to go away, dissipate into the air, (laughs) floats away. And then what ends up happening, though, is there's a flurry of really great stuff that comes to the surface because it's been buried below because you haven't had a chance to clear your mind. And so the reaction to that is to grab a piece of paper, write down all these great ideas or all these things you need to do when you get back. And what we encourage is also just be with that. Know that the great idea will come back to you when you come home from your vacation. It'll all, if it's that good, it'll come back. But let that go too. And after a day of two of that, that starts to go away. And you start to ease in to this this, uh, freedom being away 
from your business. But then what happens is like an amazing idea comes to the surface because that's the really good ones are like three levels down. Mm. And and when that happens, I actually encourage that you do grab the piece of paper and jot it down. <laughs> so when you get back, but it's down there, but you have to set it free. You have to set everything else free. And the only way to do that is to turn it off. I've done that successfully and I've failed at that <laughs> more than more than I've succeeded. Yeah. But um but you're so right. Like you just get one thing, one email and the feelings that linger for a long time off of just looking at one thing. I think it just completely validates your point. Mm-hmm. All right. So another really important component here and discipline is the third one, which is know thyself. And this is a life's journey. What we want people to do here is have the freedom to be themselves 100% of the time, 24-7, 365. But the, the sad fact is most people aren't. And, and I like to use this, um, your listeners can kind of go through this, this exercise. You picture yourself being invited to two parties. One's a pre-party for an industry conference you're going to or a summit. The other's a party with close friends, both old and new. And you're at the doorway of the party for the industry. It's the night before the conference is going to kick off or the summer, the summit. And you, you stop at the doorway and you scan the room. And I ask people to kind of feel into their body and what, what sort of sensations that they're feeling at that moment. And, and then start to notice what kind of emotions are coming up. You know, so it might be like their body might feel like a tinge of stress, like on their lower back, you know, tense, you know, they might be trying to figure things out. The emotion might be nervousness or, you know, dread for some people. Other people, it's like great excitement. You know, they love new rooms, new people. And then you're at the, you walk in and you start interacting with people. And are you a hundred percent you as you do the inner, as you're interacting with some people, maybe you kind of know some people you maybe you've known over the years, maybe new people. Now I take you out of that scenario and you go to uh, the, the, the party with, with your you know, new friends, old friends, people you're comfortable with, same scenario, you're at the doorway, you look in, what, what sensations come up for you in, the, in your body? What emotions are coming up? You know, usually there's a lightness that people feel and an excitement, emotion of excitement. They can't get, it's like, who do I go to first and hug? And you're so you, you speak your language, you know, you act your way. You're not self-conscious. Um, I, I, one of the people we were working with, he's, when we went through this exercise, he said, I'm proud that I'm a chameleon. I find myself fitting into the environment, whatever environment I'm faced with. And I thought to myself, I'm sad for him because we don't want to be chameleons. We want to be us. The unique us is what people like because it's authentic. People pick up on the the energy of a chameleon. Like something's not quite right, but you don't really know what it is. But when you're you, they know what they got. Whether they love it or they don't love it, they know what they got and they appreciate that. And so that's know thyself. Well, and it's so interesting too, is like, it's when you talk about the energy, like, how energy draining it's it is to not be yourself like i've been there man (laughs) like i mean again the various jobs i've had or careers that when i say jobs or the figuring it out phases of the entrepreneurial career like where try this on well that doesn't feel good try this on it's like at some point i just need to 
it, it, the energy just, just zaps you and then you can't be yourself at all. So I just, that's right. I, I, I really like this one. And it, well, it just ties right into too Bo's the, the theme of this, of this series of who are you, what do you want and why? That's right. That's right. I mean, figure that out. Don't, don't do it for other people. Like you're doing it for yourself. That's right. You are. That's exactly right. Why don't we talk about saying no and doing it often? So I'm no. skipping around a little. <laughs> Good job. I had to do that, man. <laughs> you know, I, I like to say, I like to share, I should say, if you're, if anyone's familiar with Enneagram, it's a personality profiling tool, which is a great way to get to know thyself. And there are many personality profiling tools to do that. And I encourage that you check as many out as you can, by the way, because they all give you a little of insight into yourself. Now, in Enneagram for me, I'm a type two and a type three, and the type two is the helper and the type three is the achiever. And so when somebody asks me, uh, for something, you know, I want to say yes, cause I'm a helper. And then once I say yes, I'm like all in cause I'm an achiever. Like, I'm not going to help you kind of, well, I'm going to helping you. <laughs> I'm going to help you 110%. So, um, you know, I have a hard time saying no. And, and it's something, it's a muscle that I have to work and be really mindful of on a consistent basis. Now, an example that I like to share with people, especially many of your listeners who are successful, high performers, entrepreneurs, leaders is you know, you've worked really hard to get where you're at. And so people begin to recognize that in you and, and they want to be around you. You know, they, they, they see a successful person. And so, you know, you might get a, a call, for example, from the executive director of a local nonprofit that a friend of yours is on the board of. And your friend thought you'd be a great addition to that board, which you would be, by the way. And uh, the executive director says, I'd be humbled and honored. I've, I've learned so much about you. You're an amazing person in the community. Your business is outstanding. And I know you would add tremendous value to our board. Would you be willing to join? And you're humbled. And it's like your life's work is coming together when people start asking you for things like that. So how can you say no? So you say yes. And you think this is going to be great. I'm going to make an impact. And so the first board meeting is about six weeks from now. And about a week before the board meeting, you get an email from the executive director directed to the other people on the board and you. And it says attached is the board, the, the, the board notes for our upcoming meeting this week. It, you know, please take the time to review it. <laughs> and so you can come prepared and we can have a healthy discussion during our two hours together. And so you, you open up the attachment real quick just to take a look at the 20 to 30 pages right. that you're supposed to review. And the attached and, financials. And, and attached yeah. financials. <laughs> and you start looking through it and you start looking at your calendar and you start thinking, when am I supposed to work on this? Because I need to show up and I need to be prepared. I don't want to be that person. And you start thinking, well, maybe I can look at it on my smartphone at my, my, one of my kids' soccer games this weekend. This is how you're trying to fit it in. Mm. And this, this feeling of dread is coming over you, but you're, you're pushing it back because you said yes, you want to do it. Mm. And then it's the day before you kind of got through the board package. You kind of skimmed it. You think you can get by and you're looking at your calendar and it's a 25, 25 minute drive to the meeting. 
both ways. So you got an hour drive time basically and two hours there. Plus while you're there, you got 15 minutes of niceties at the beginning and 15 minutes at the end. So all in, you're about a half a day. Well, then don't, let's just load on that. Probably a couple other board members asked you for a couple of things while you're there as well. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, I didn't think about that, but that's likely to happen. And so this is what can happen when the dominoes fall around saying uh, yes instead of saying no. Now, my point here is not to say no to these wonderful opportunities. Obviously, if you're passionate about that nonprofit or whatever it is, by all means, go bring your value because that time won't have the same quality that it had in the example that I gave. You won't feel dread. You'll be happy to review the board package. You'll put time on your calendar. You won't feel like it's chopping into other things. Mm -hmm. But if it is going to take on that quality that I described, you must say no and free yourself so you can use that energy that you have to bring the value, your true value to this world. That helps you live your optimal life. Well, and let's weave it into the first discipline, which is if you have a 10 year vision, like 10 year thinking, that's right. It's going to be more obvious of what you should be saying yes or no to. And if you like, and you going back to like taking the time off, the reason most people can't take time off is because they say it's to too many things. That's and, right. <laughs> and like, you know, what's interesting because I love how you guys brought up and Gino brought up the, the book essentialism. I read that book yes. too, and I, I was like, Oh great. This is a 14 hour audible book about how to say no. And I was like, <laughs> it's a great and, and I suck at it, man. I was, I've, I've gotten better, but what I thought was a unique uh, highlight I wanted to call out that you and Gino were talking about is by Ultimately, ending up failing at following through with these things, right. you're degrading trust that other people have in you that I don't think anybody wants. Like that's that's a like a terrifying thing to know that you're just eroding trust in your reputation all over the place. Yeah, that I thought was like if someone has a hard time saying no, like that's something that you should protect no matter what. And like that's a second order effect that I don't think a lot of people think about. You're right on about that. And, you know, it's hard, as I mentioned, for many. So what I encourage is, you know, start by saying no to 25% of the things that you would have said yes to. It's a great start. And then you'll start to notice how great it feels and you'll start saying no to many other things. And by saying no, you're not a bad person. People respect it, and there's great ways to go about that. We talk about that in the in the in the video based journey, and so there's great ways that you can say no, and people feel really good about it. And and you should too when you ultimately do it. Um, all right, let's go on to um, put everything in one place. And uh, this is what, what we're encouraging you here is to find one place in your world, one place where you capture every idea, commitment, thought, action item, and promise. And what ends up happening for many of us that um, you know are going through our days and having a lot come at us is we're trying to keep a lot of stuff in our head, which isn't a good strategy, and we know we can't do that. So then we just grab random pieces of paper or the newest, latest, greatest journal or post it or we grab our phone and we just start putting little notes and reminders all over the place, everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> and, and so, and then we we're trying to like work it all out. And unfortunately what's ended up happening kind of to your, your point on our, on, on, um, on saying no often is, is we actually we're letting people down. 
And, and oftentimes, because of the position we're in, people don't actually tell us. So in many ways, we don't even realize it. We just get known for not following through on certain things. Oh, did I did I pull the trusting out of the wrong discipline? I think <laughs> no, I just caught, caught they're all interconnected. Like, yeah, I was going to say, there you go. They're, they're, they're all interconnected. Let's, let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. They're all interconnected. I love that you did that, actually. Um, and, and so, you know, this is simple, but so powerful. So, you know, whatever it is, Gino happens to use an old, good old fashioned mm-hmm. legal pad, you know, the yellow legal pad. He has that by his side, you know, every moment. And if you ever see him, you'll see him walk in with that thing and, and, you know, his paper or his uh, pen, and he's jotting down notes, you know, other people use a journal. Uh, there's uh, there's a great resource out there. The Full Focus Journal is really great. Um, if if you like technology, uh, there's a thing called Remarkable, and that's a really cool tool. Um, there there's crazy when you, when you guys are going through resources, I like I had tried, but <laughs> you're trying them all, and just out of pure like like stumbling on my top of myself. You know what I ended up landing on, uh, Rob? And I don't know if you're familiar with it. Is the Bullet Journal? No, I'm not familiar with it. The Bullet Journal, I, I, it was like boom. It was, I went to the website, and this guy named Ryder. I mean, he's got hundreds and hundreds of thousands of the uh, followers, and it was the analog way to capture manager to dos in your life for the ADHD entrepreneur in the technology <laughs> world. And great. I was like, "Wow, sign me up!" But it was like it's very fascinating. But it's exactly what you guys are talking about. And again, it's another way I've watched stress just dissipate versus. Evernote and OneDrive or right. OneNote and like th- there's just stuff everywhere. And Rob, I get I got to I got to call out my marketing coordinator because um, he's been working for, with us now for about a year, and he was this is like God I don't remember like six months ago or something, and he was writing notes. You know we're sitting there talking and he's got this little pad of paper and he's writing them. I'm like, dude, what's your plan with that? And he kind of <laughs> just looked at me and I'm like. You know, I go, I'm just going to give you an example. His name is Scott. So Scott, I love you, man. <laughs> and, and I said, I said, I kind of feel like I'm I, like the, like I'm sitting there and the waiter or waitress is taking an order of my family with five people with no, like nothing. I'm like, the chances you mess this up are like a hundred percent. So like t- explain to me what you're going to do with this after we're done with this meeting. He kind of just looked at me and I was like, you need a system, man. <laughs> so good. I love the I love the analogy of the of the waiter or the waitress, the server. I, I feel that same way. And and also, you know, I love that you talked about the bullet journal because, you know, while we have different ideas, what we encourage is that you find the thing that works best for you mm-hmm. because we don't have the exact thing that you should go to. Each one of these disciplines is fully customizable to your unique self. And so you find what works from you. And sometimes it's trial and error. I mean, you've gone through some different things and you landed on something that's really working great. And that's the important thing. And again, an endorsement for for what you guys are doing, because that took me like nine years to get to that point (laughs) (laughs) versus just having a system that like, hey, like, here's this is why this is important. That's right. (laughs) And at the end, of when you have that one place at the end of the day, you just sit down and you figure out where it all goes. And hopefully through the discipline, some of which I kind of skipped over to, in, in, uh, to respect time, but hopefully you're learning to delegate a lot of the items uh, which are on that list. And so you're only doing the things that are really, truly where you're bringing value to this world. And, uh, and, and so that's the, the power of, of, um, of the one place.
So, and I, I want to, uh, for the, like you said, for the respect of time here, if we got 10, 15 more minutes, I want to maybe touch on, I'm looking over at, at the, I have the 10 disciplines up on my screen, <laughs> is uh, the, the $25 an hour work and then the prepare every night, because I think those two it. are so powerful. Okay, let me start with prepare every night, because it kind of le- leads into the last one we talked about, which is put everything in one place. But <clears throat> discipline number eight, it, it's really simple, actually. It, preparing every night. So simply before your head hits the pillow every night, document the next day's plan. It takes like five or 10 minutes tops. And all you're doing is you, you, you just take whatever works for you, piece of paper. It doesn't have to be your one place, but it can be. And you just jot out what the next day looks like. And that includes like you and I do some uh, exercise in the morning and it's literally jotting out all that stuff, not just what your appointments are, your meetings, Hold you're holding it up. There it is. All right. <laughs> I love it. So you're just jotting it out. And by doing it sort of at the end of the day, or maybe even closer to when you're ready to kind of turn it off for the night and go to, go to bed, is you're ingraining the next day into your subconscious. And you'll, first of all, you will sleep better because you won't be spinning like, okay, wait, do I, what do I've got going on? Cause you just got really clear about it. Mm-hmm. Then your subconscious starts to do the work while you're sleeping. I mean, we all know that that's what happens when we sleep. And so you have some challenges, some things you're working on and, and your subconscious starts helping. And when you wake up, oftentimes you have an answer. It comes, it's just, you like, Oh, wow. Where did that come from? Great. Mm-hmm. And you also hit the ground running because you're so clear on what you need to do. You're not letting the world come to you. You're going to the world and you're, you have some control over that. Look, 80, 85% of the time, I mean, you know, some percentage of time we're going to get thrown off balance. That's to be expected. And that's life. We should embrace it. We can't control everything, but that's the power of preparing every night. It's just really understanding what you got going on tomorrow letting your subconscious do the work. And then when you get up, you, you know exactly what you're going to do to take the day on. I, I can't stress this one enough because I've personally struggled and then found the benefit from doing this. And again, this is all kind of tied into my bullet journaling habit and then my morning routine. But Rob, like, you I mean, how many, I mean, the amount of entrepreneurs I know that struggle with sleep and then, then it's like, hey, oh. we're going to have a handful of cocktails at night because we're going to just wind down or right. whatever the, 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 the thought is because you going back to then the one place and pulling on all of the, all the disciplines, but by having everything in one place and then planning everything at night, I mean, I just don't have to worry about it. I don't think, I don't have to like pretend to hold all the information in my head at once. And when you hit the pill, there's zero chance you can fall asleep. And I, I so many entrepreneurs struggle with sleep. And then it's like, then you're thinking about all that stuff and then you have no energy because you got no sleep. And then it just like, (laughs) it's snowballs. It's just, it's a domino. It all starts falling, you know, and you're so right about that. Now, the the other discipline you asked me about is number seven, don't do $25 an hour work. And, And just simply stated, don't do anything that you could pay somebody $25 an hour to do. And so a couple of things I want to, I'll hit on as it relates to this. First of all, just let me get this out in the open. There's nothing wrong with $25 an hour work. Mm -hmm. It's important work. There's people that are dying to do it and they're really good at it. Mm -hmm. For you, you're a high performer. Most likely $25 an hour work is not the sort of work that you should be doing so you can bring your greatest value to the world. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and have all that and be able to float where you're flowing <laughs> and it feels like you're floating. So as it relates to this, you know, you want to look at your world and start recognizing what pay rate is the work you're doing right now. And if it's in that $25 an hour range, obviously you want to try to get it off your plate. Delegating is the most logical thing that comes to mind to do that or stop doing it. (laughs) Now, most of the people that are listening, I would imagine are making six figures or would like to make six figures. And when you think about the math, doing $25 an hour work does not add up mm-hmm. to six figures. Yeah, it's it's $50,000 a year work. So if you think about that, when you're doing X, Y, or Z, and you say to yourself, I'm making, I'm doing $50,000 an hour work right now, but I'm a $250,000 person. Mm-hmm. You just understand you're not doing work at the right pay rate. And so that's the whole idea around it. And not just in your business, by the way, personally, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I learned over 20 years ago that I could actually pay somebody to mow my lawn. I didn't know that before I was wired that I was supposed to mow my lawn. And every Saturday I would get up and it would take me two or three hours. And I dreaded every moment of it. And I was, I was irritated. I was away from my, my wife and my kids and just frustrated that I even had to do that. And somebody said, why don't you pay somebody to do it? I was like, I must be really slow because I never actually thought about doing that. And, (laughs) and, and when I did, it was the greatest thing ever. And so if you love mowing your lawn and some people do, by all means do it. And that's me, by the way, out of all of the house chores, that's the one because I listen to books and I get to like get immediate gratification of not cut lawn, cut lawn. Yes. That's why I like painting too, but it's so funny. So our, our our dear friend, Mr. Pat Hobby, he, if you ask him what his toolbox consists of, he says two things, a pen and a checkbook. <laughs> That's good. That is so good. And, and mine, mine is the exact same way. Uh, so I could totally relate. I, I can't run far, far, as far away from household things as I, you know, please. Well, well, and Rob, I want to like, I think this is an interesting as we're, we're, we're going to be coming to a close in the next five, 10 minutes is. This like all these all these disciplines tie together and like I, like how they relate to the intentional growth principles and that the, the intentional growth mindset, too, is, you know, you talked about you and Joel having a succession plan where you have a CEO now. And so it's not necessarily just twenty five dollar an hour work, but it's about elevating yourself into the position yeah. to have the impact have the enjoyment and make the wealth that you want. And like it's and you're going to be coming back on the show when we're talking about how to view your company as a financial asset, but we're not going to get into that today. But like that's, if someone has that desire, their 10 year plan is to collect distributions or be an investor or whatever it is, they're going to have to plan on how to get there. So like yeah. the, you and Gino mentioned it in the, in the videos, but like if you can't afford it right now and you're starting you know, a startup or whatever it is, then you're just building the plan of when can you afford that? So you're just, saying, okay, like here are the, what did you guys go through? Like, here's the list. And then like, you're, then you're just building the financial plan to say, okay, here's when I can delegate those things. Right. You guys never assume that people could just go do that right now. It's like, Hey, this will, you layer on the 10, 10 years, you layer on what you want. And then you say, okay, well, here's why I would delegate the things that I would delegate. And I think yeah. it's a, it's a great concept. Yeah. And it's, it's baby steps. Like to your point, it doesn't all have to be right now. You do a little bit at a time and you make your way through it. 
uh, you've built the foundation. So you have the mindset. Maybe at this moment, you can't delegate certain things, but maybe you can delegate one thing and you start there and then you delegate the next thing and the next thing. You know, Gino always says anything he's ever delegated, he's always received at least a five times return on that delegation. So if you delegate $25 an hour work, you're probably going to get $125 return on that investment within a year. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I always want to encourage people to think about. You will receive an ROI. You will start to see it. Mm -hmm. I also want to touch on what you mentioned about being intentional with your business and how we had a succession with uh, to have us come out of the Joel and I were co-CEOs and have us come out of that seat and have somebody sit there for us. And one of the disciplines is that we talked about is know thyself. And it was important for the two of us to go through this process together. (laughs) And one of the things I knew about myself was that I hit a ceiling. And if I wanted this company to hit its 2026 vision as co-CEO, I would hold it back as that's, that's my role co-CEO as shareholder, co-owner with Joel, my asset could be disrupted because the wrong person is running the company. Just so happens it's me. (laughs) You know, Joel and I really had to talk a lot about that and come to terms with knowing ourselves and our capabilities to where we could take the company. And having a CEO in place is an investment. I mean, we could not have that person in place and we could take the income so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to me, that's not 10 year thinking that's short-term thinking. Yep. And I want to build our asset in the, you know, which is our business. And, and honestly, I'm going to tie in another one of your disciplines. And that's the last one, which is, I think that you guys are capable <laughs> of doing this because you guys, you're humble, Rob. And <laughs> I can say that to you because it's hard to say that you're, you're, you yourself are humble, but like, you know, there's so many people that just can't, they're just incapable because of their ego and their desire to control things and be the, you know, the, the last decision for everybody that wouldn't, that aren't capable of doing what you're saying. But like, and I think that I, and honestly, like kind of just encapsulating all the 10 disciplines, I mean, the, this kind of work can allow people to do what you're doing, right? Cause like right. it takes work. And, and I think it, it, there was a, there was a podcast, like, I don't know, three, four years ago, I did with someone where it's kind of talking about this topic of how do you figure out more about what yourself and how do you figure out what you want? And they just said, Oh, just sit there and think about it. I'm like, well, that's just the worst advice ever. I thought, <laughs> cause it's like, just, just do it as like, you know, maybe for sports, but not, not for this kind of deep reflection. You've built a structure so if someone desires what you just said, like that's the 10 year goal that, or the, the vision that they have, yep. you, you've got a structure to go get there and it's not, it's not just do it all today. So that's I think so it's, it, which dissipates the anxiety. And I, I, have you guys talked about like how all of these disciplines interconnect or is it just kind of just assumed? Cause you can't pull really one of them out. Well, when you start talking about them in the way that you and I are, you notice how interconnected they are. I mean, we have them in an order, but you and I didn't go through them in order today. But what you start to notice is one has something to do with the other and et cetera. They're all interconnected, just like all of us in life. You know, it's energy. It's energy. It's our power source. And that's why it's all interconnected. 
All right, Rob, this has been so awesome, man. I uh, So a couple couple of final questions for you. One is, before we get into the kind of the final wrap-up questions, one is, like, what, what do you and Gina hope for the book? What do you, like, if you, in your 10 years, what is it that you hope uh, you guys did with the, with the book and with what you guys are doing? Well, with the ebook, and then we're, we'll be coming out with another book, is The Hopes. Uh, that's that's uh, building on what we have now, which is the 10 disciplines. Um, right now, we're building a strong foundation with the video-based journey, this course, uh, which has uh, the commitments that come along with them, meaning we really want the people that join into this community to take this seriously, do the work, and by building that foundation, it will be stronger for you moving forward. And the future holds something deeper, something greater. But I can't talk about that right now because I don't know what it is. We're just open to the possibilities and very curious about where that energy takes us. But we know there's something there and we're very excited about it. But and this is million, enough for now. One, one million, but there's a goal because kind of yes. Gino had a goal with EOS and you've got that's kind right. Of a, quantified goal of a million people with the 10 disciplines our goal is 1 million souls affected by 2030 souls oh, that's awesome souls i like souls. it i love it um and then uh so where can people find the 10 disciplines contact information all that kind of stuff it's the 10 disciplines.com the 10 disciplines.com and then the last and my favorite question, what does the word intentional mean for you? <laughs> I love that you always ask that, Ryan. Well, it, it to me, the thing that always rings true is thoughtful and purposeful and clarity. Mm. And that takes time and curiosity. Wow, that was that was awesome, man. <laughs> Rob, <laughs> this is so, um, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I appreciate Ryan, it. Ryan, thank you for having me. You're the best. Thanks for tuning into that episode with Rob. I had a blast. I hope you had a couple good takeaways. Go check out the 10 Disciplines course. Um, it's got a lot of amazing pieces of material in there that you can take and implement into your life so that way you don't burn out and you can actually reach the vision that you have for the business. Uh, don't forget to check out the intentional growth training at Arcona.io and then stay tuned for next week where we, I have Dr. Stacy Finer back on the show, as well as uh, I think it's four different entrepreneurs and clients of hers that went through the process of hiring her and then breaking down their mental blind, uh, blind, blind spots and their mental blockers understood their eco or their stakeholder ecosystem. And we have a fun conversation about the hard work that they put into themselves and then how after they have become self-aware and understand their stakeholder ecosystem, how their decision-making is different and how their lives are different and their business is different, their roles are different and how happy they are. And it is so fun to watch because of the hard work that they've done. So thanks everybody for tuning in and I hope you enjoy next week's episode. See ya.